And welcome back to uh, Happy Hour Radio. We are here in Walla Walla Valley, and this is part of our In the Vineyard series. I have the pleasure of speaking with uh, Gordy Veneri, co-founder and owner of Walla Walla Vintners. Now, I understand, Gordy, that you have um, a full-time winemaker on staff now, Bill, Bill Von Metzger, and uh, you have here before us a Dolcetto, which is uh, from the Dwelly Vineyard, 2012. Tell us about this wine. Well, um, what happened is, and I should say this before we get into the wine, is that um, we started out, as I said earlier, making the wines from France, like the Cabernet Franc, the Merlot, and the Cabernet Sauvignon. But over the years, we, because of my Italian roots that I talked about earlier, um, we decided to play around with some Italian grapes. Now, earlier I said that a lot of the early Italians experimented with grape growing and didn't have a lot of luck. It's my own belief that it's that is that what happened was they brought the wrong types of grapes here. It seems like the grapes that do the Italian grapes that do well in Washington state are ones that come from more of the middle of Italy, like Tuscany, of course, and hence we make a Sangiovese is one of the wines that Wawa Vintners makes, and uh, we have a lot of success with that. It, it grows really well in Washington state, which is important in winemaking, of course, is you have to have good fruit to make good wine. Another grape, so we made Sangiovese for quite a while, and then, of course, winemakers get restless. They're always looking for something different to do. One of our growers that's up against the Blue Mountains here in the higher elevation wanted to plant some Dolcetto, which is a grape that normally comes from northern Italy, which is a little bit unusual. It kind of contradicts what I just said, but it is a, a, an earlier ripening northern Italian grape. And uh, Dolcetto, which translates to little sweet, is a wine they have in Piedmont. I always think that, I always tell people in the tasting room that Dolcetto isn't, a, it's, it's a little bit lighter in body and style, and it's like an appetizer wine. It's perfect with appetizers. So it's like in Italy, you go to a meal, you start it with some lighter food, and you have a little bit lighter red wine, and then, of course, uh, Piedmont is known for the Nebbiolas, which are the Barbarescos and the Barolos. So you have bigger wine with big food, little lighter wine with lighter food. And that's kind of where I think Dolcetto fill, fills the bill. It's a perfect wine to kind of start out an evening. It's red. It's not as light as you think. I don't want you to think that it's a rosé or anything like that. I realize we're, you can't necessarily see what we're drinking here. But uh, it's still very, it's dark. But it's it's just a little bit lighter in uh, tannin and in and body. Yeah. So the color here is uh, it's a moderate moderate to moderate plus intensity. It's a red ruby with um, slight red orange pink variations to the rim. So it's very translucent. You can see through it. Um, and this is the 2012 vintage. And you said the Dwelly Vineyard is is significant. Why is this vineyard significant for Dolcetto? Well, the Dwelly Vineyard is another vineyard like our estate vineyard, like the other vineyards around us, the Leonetti, the Amaris, the Dunham, the Yellowbird, Chan Family Vineyard. It's it's similar to Walla Walla Vintners in the sense that it's a higher elevation vineyard up against the Blue Mountains. So it's a cooler site, a cooler climate and a cooler site, so you have longer, uh, more time in the vineyard. On the the grapes have more time to ripen on the vine, longer hang time, as as you as uh, a lot of people will say, a lot of winemakers will say. So you can develop more intensity and more flavors, more full flavors. And just like the uh, the discussion on the rainfall 
for this particular site near the Blue Mountains. Um, and also when you mentioned that this area is cooler, we're talking about Walla Walla at times can be 110 degrees, right? Right. And so cooler is not a bad thing. Yes, that's right. It slows down the development of the grapes. Like in, in the fruit world, you know, you want things to get ripe before winter settles in, but you don't necessarily want them to get ripe too fast. You know, take apples, for example, you know, uh, I think the best varieties of apples, you know, they harvest them in October, you know, because they've had lots of time to develop their sugars, but they maintain their acid and then they pick up more flavor. So uh, there's a balance there in, in any fruit, whether it's cherries, apples, grapes, you know, uh, the cooler, sometimes in a hot site, fruit can ripen too fast. Right. And get some off flavors, some raisinated flavors, shut down the vine and lose really what the all important acidity, which balances sugar. It's like the perfect lemonade. You got to make, you have to have sour, you have to have sweet. Exactly. Great example. Great and so example. let's talk about this wine. Um, the Dolcetto, uh, which for those who speak Italian, dolce is sweet and Dolcetto is part of the word dolce in the E-T-T-O. So a little sweet one. And this is um, a bunch of new oak here, right? You've got some Hungarian oak here or some French or what's your uh, well, uh, barrel regimen for this? Well, we, we, uh, yeah, we do have some, a little bit of Hungarian. I think this is a wine we put a little bit of French and a little bit Hungarian. But we also, because of the style of wine, we, and, and like I say, as a tribute to the history of this grape and the region in Italy where it comes from, we don't put a lot of new oak on this wine. What we do is, you know, sometimes in Italy when they make these kind of wines, they put them in big, Bote. Bote, which are big wooden tanks that have been around for years that don't impart a lot of the oak flavor into the wine. Yeah, neutral oak, no flavors imparted. Yes. Now, here in Walla Walla, since we've only been around 20 years, we don't have any of those 100-year-old casks. So what we do is, at Walla Walla Vintners, we use our new barrels on Cabernet and Merlot, and then after several years of use, we use our our barrels then, our used barrels, to age our Dolcetto and our Sangiovese. So it's a style that has a little less oak flavor. It still gets a little bit. It's not 100% neutral, but it's closer to neutral than it is to, like, let's say, a brand new uh, a new oak regimen. Yeah, because there's between a Dolcetto wine. and Cabernet. Cabernet can really afford to, it has power and strength and concentration, where Dolcetto is a very light, uh, a, a spry wine. It's, it is right. uh, very Pinot-esque, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and it's it's elegant. Um, you, usually what you're trying to get for flavors on the Dolcetto is you're going to get, instead of the big uh, dark fruits, you're going to get more like what we call the red fruits, similar to Sangiovese. You're going to have more like the raspberry, cherry, strawberry for the fruit part, but you're also going to get uh, some uh, uh, flowery uh, notes like lavender, violets, uh, maybe some toasted almonds, those kinds of characteristics in the wine, uh, rather than some of the Cabernet ones, which which are a different set of of characteristics for uh, for sensory. Sure, as a sommelier, we always like to uh, put color descriptors to the fruit family, whether it's tree fruits or stone fruits or red fruits, blue fruits, green fruits, <laughs> kind of like a Dr. Zeus book here. Um, and this wine, Dolcetto, has seems to have very light tannin. Is this uh, um, uh, inherent in the grape, or is this a winemaking style where you just don't macerate or punch down as vigorously? No, I think it's I think it's in the grape. I think it's the type of grape, uh, and I think that's why I think in they typically release these wines in 
the Piedmont area a year after they make them. I mean, they're usually released within a year or so, not very much longer. I think the idea is that it is a, a wine you would have, let's say, before dinner or with appetizers. Again, you know, you don't want a lot of tannin, a lot of structure as you... Sometimes when I joke around, I say it's kind of a tune-up wine. You know, get your palate <laughs> tuned up for those. Because, you know, those of you who have those big Piedmont wines like Barolo and Barbaresco, you know, those are big, big, huge wines. And sometimes it takes a little tune-up. And the, um, the big wines, this is a fresh wine. Dolcetto is really fresh. I, I get the fresh right. fruit flavors. And um, it's a delicious wine. What does a wine like this run for? In uh, your uh, in, online, in our online, it's twenty five dollars. Twenty five dollars, yeah. and we can find that at wallawallavintners.com. Um, I have another wine here in my hand, and this says Walla Walla Valley Merlot Yellowbird Vineyard, and this is really cool for me as um, sommelier and, and part of the family that owns Chan Family Vineyard, um, also known as Yellowbird Vineyard. So this is the two thousand twelve Merlot, and and tell us uh, about this wine, Gordy. Well, um, as you mentioned, this wine was grown in the vineyard right next to Walla Walla Vintners up Mill Creek Road. It's another example of a higher elevation wine. Uh, it typically where let's say out in the middle of the Columbia Valley we harvest Merlot in the middle of September. This wine is harvested in the middle of October. So it has another 30 days on the vine uh, to develop and age before we pick it and develop flavors and complexity and structure. And uh, it's it's adjacent to the Walla Walla Vintner's uh, Vineyard, and we're really excited about it. It's very unique. If you taste this Merlot compared to Merlots from other parts of the state, it's very unique, it's very different. And once again, I think it's, we're really high on these higher elevation vineyards up near the Blue Mountains. We're hoping our Walla Walla Vintners Merlot, when it when our vineyard gets more established, that we'll be able to produce a Merlot similar to this type of style. And when you're speaking of the elevation here, uh, what is the middle of the valley? Where is our um, benchmark for elevation? Because at Yellowbird, we're 1,200 feet? I think we're 1,200 feet here at Yellowbird and at Walla Walla Vintners. I think in comparison, like seven hills on the other side of the valley is like 700 feet in elevation. Okay, so, so that's a significant uh, yeah. you know rise in elevation here. Yep. And um, the, this is 100% Merlot from the, Yellowbird? This is 100% Merlot. Yeah, we wanted to feature a single vineyard Merlot from in the upper Mill Creek area in this higher elevation area, foothills of the Blue Mountains region. And uh, so we did this. This was a wine that we put in our wine club for wine club members. We thought it was just outstanding, very unique, very complex. And uh, for wine club members, we wanted to give them a treat of sort of a, a preview of some of the wines that we see coming down the pike from our own estate and from the the wines that we buy up in this, uh, from like Yellowbird up in this upper Mill Creek area. I'm speaking with Gordy Veneri, uh, co-founder and uh, co-owner of Walla Walla Vintners here, here in the vineyard, just right above Walla Walla Vintners actually. And we're speaking about the uh, 2012 Yellowbird Vineyard Merlot, which is a dry farmed vineyard, meaning there's no irrigation. Um, as Gordy alluded to earlier about the uh, amount of rainfall, that is a sufficient to produce outstanding grapes. And I know, Gordy, when you're mentioning that this Merlot was particularly different than other Merlots in the state, and I must say that Washington is is really one of the world's best places to grow Merlot, um, How, regardless of how maligned Merlot has been over the last decade. 
Um, and when you say different, it's I, what I get from this Merlot, this particular bottle, is that it, it has a very um, perfumed and yet uh, aromatic character to it. It's, it's jumping out of the glass with um, just a touch of um, spice and uh, red fruits and dark, just a touch of purple fruit too. So it doesn't get to the black part, but tell me what you think. Well, I agree with you on that. I think uh, <clears throat> you're right on about the red fruits. I, in our tasting notes even that, uh, that we talked about when we tasted it and actually printed them up online, we said, for, uh, we said black cherry, which is as far as we went, as far as the dark fruits, you know. And, uh, and then yes, lots of spice. We think there's, uh, you know, there's licorice, lavender, um, you know, uh, a little smokiness, uh, woody herbs, cedar, that kind of stuff. Of course, some of those are going to come from the fact that this is a wine we would put a little more uh, aggressive oak regimen on because it is a Merlot. And because of the area up here, we think it has some bigger tannins for a Merlot, too. It's a little, little more tannic wine. Not overly tannic, but just a slightly more tannic wine that will take a little more oak. Because the, there's, so there's a little more wind here, actually, right? And that probably helps firm up those skins. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Now, exactly. now this being a 100% Yellowbird Vineyard Merlot, did you have to, uh, how did you approach the winemaking style? Because you've made wines from Pepperbridge, right? And right. Seven Hills, and right. numerous of the, the best-known vineyards around the state. But knowing that this was a particularly different site, what was your approach in the winemaking? In the wine, we, we treated it, uh, we did two things on this wine that I think were different than uh, the way we would, let's say, make Merlot from Seven Hills and Pepper Bridge. Um, I think those sites are going to produce a little more of an elegant Merlot, uh, which is wonderful, by the way. But up here, what we did is we were a little concerned about actually having too much tannin. So we did take the Merlot off the seeds early. Like before the wine was completely fermented to dry, we separated the seeds out of the fermenter from the rest of the skins and the juice. So we, we didn't want to have the seeds impart too much tannin. Uh, so we took them off. And then the other thing we did is we used a higher regimen of French oak and a little bit more new French oak percentage-wise. Um, we always thought, we, we still think that Merlot is a great grape for Washington State. It's the most suited grape for our, our geography uh, in the state of Washington. So we're really high in Merlot. But we've also thought that a good match on oak would be American oak. It seemed like American oak, Washington Merlot really does well in American oak. And we've had some wonderful Merlots that have been aged in American oak. So we've always used a combination of American and French. I think for the yellow bird, we used a higher percentage of French oak and a little more new because we thought the wine could take it. It has a little more body, a little more structure, and that could take. That's kind of how we, most people, I think, in the wine world, they, they decide how much oak they're going to use on a wine based on what they think the structure of the wine is and how much, you know, to try to get that balance again. Well, I you think your you're almost 20 years of uh, winemaking, you've proved yourself right. This is... This has got structure. This wine is, is showing an, uh, yeah, an elegance, finesse, but some power as well. It's got good concentration. And I think the, uh, the oak is just the right seasoning. It's, it's very delicious. And you're right. You know, you've made some fantastic Merlots through the years. And, and when I was uh, on the floor as a sommelier, 
I have loved recommending your Merlot because it was just such a, uh, it was berries and cream on the pad. It was just yummy. Um, we are here in the vineyard in Walla Walla on Happy Hour Radio, speaking to Gordy Veneri. And um, we're going to dive into another wine, one of his estate Syrahs from uh, the 2011 vintage when we come back on Happy Hour Radio. <laughs> 